Hello and welcome to Let Them Talk Pod, a podcast all about the English language and more. And this is our very first podcast. And for those of you who know our YouTube channel, Let Them Talk TV, I've made many videos. But if you scroll back to the very first videos, you'll see that I made them with John from Monty English. And guess who is my special guest today? Yes, it's John from Monty English. Say hello, John. Hi there, Gideon. Hello, John. And today we're going to talk about our experiences, our strange and sometimes weird experiences of teaching English abroad. So I've taught in Spain. I've taught in France, in Paris for the last few years. I've also taught in Scotland a little bit and in London. And what about you, John? For the most part, I've taught in Italy at the very beginning and then London and then a, a very, very memorable experience in Paris with, with some chap who, who looks similar to you, yeah. actually. OK, yes. Well, so if you are thinking of teaching abroad or you just have a general interest in what English teachers get up to, then stay tuned. So hello, John. Hi, uh, Gideon. How are you? Yeah, fine. So uh, what I wanted to ask you first of all is what motivated you first to become an English teacher and where did you go? And I also think it'll be interesting for the listeners, especially those who are thinking of becoming English teachers. How did you get your first job? Tell us more. Yeah, sure. So first of all, I guess I was motivated to teaching English really because I wanted to go to Italy and I loved Italy. Right. I'd never taught before and there was an opportunity to teach children in kids camps which was mainly in the north of Italy so I thought it would be fun I wasn't really thinking too much about the idea of oh I'd really love to be an English teacher but I thought I would really enjoy doing fun kids camps in the summer in lovely Italy with gelato and uh, pizza and everything and, and I thought that was a great idea and so I applied for a company called Ackley and basically they did, I think it was a three day training course where you got an introductory um, TOEFL, would it be, or TOEFL, TOEFL certificate as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they sent us off around beautiful parts of Italy. My first experience was near Udine, which is kind of northeast Italy, very lovely area up there. And yeah, that, that's how I got into it. Good. And was the first experience nerve wracking? It was, but I suppose because we had those three days training, it was a baptism of fire, let's call it that. So baptism of fire, to explain to the listeners, because that's a difficult one, it is just getting you into things straight away, put you in like, a difficult position. Like going into the deep end, jumping going, into the deep end yes, and swimming, jump, you, either you swim or you drown. Exactly. And, and thankfully, I swam, maybe not very well at first, but at the beginning, it, it was tough. It was a challenge. But I, I like fooling around and, um, you know, I, I'm a bit of a big kid anyway, so I enjoyed it. So, no, it, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. OK. So, Gideon, what, what inspired you to become an English teacher? I seem to remember you you were in IT to begin with and and you told me about some some interesting thing that happened in, in one of your first jobs as well. Well, well, actually, IT came later 
my first experience before I went into uh, uh, the IT field uh, was a little bit after I left university. I won't say when it was, it's quite a long time ago. And I was doing some very boring jobs in London, just temping, and I was so bored and I, and I wanted to have some new experiences. I had a friend, a good friend, uh, teaching in Turin. I went to visit him and he was teaching English. And that kind of inspired me. I was thinking of going to Italy. But finally, I went to Spain. I went to Madrid uh, with no experience and no money at Excellent. all. I just uh, had not much knowledge of the English language either. Uh, just <laughs> just got a one-way flight to Madrid. It seems crazy now. I just got a one-way flight <laughs> to Madrid. And, I, and this was even before the internet. And I photocopied some pages from the yellow pages, the Madrid yellow <laughs> pages, the other Paginas Amarillas, and went around to some uh, language schools. And much to my surprise, the, the first one I went to offered me a job. And not because I was so brilliant or so skillful, but I still remember to this day, because it was the strangest interview I ever had, that the director of studies was asking me some questions, but, but, but he didn't ask me what the English language. The first question I said, so what star sign are you? <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, I said, um, I'm, I'm cancer. Oh, oh, you're cancer. Oh, great. Oh, cancers do so well here at school. I almost <laughs> mentioned the language school. They're so well here. Oh, so okay, great. Come back next week. So I got the first job because I'm, uh, I'm a cancer. So, anyway. Wow, that's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, so. Just to ask you, I'm a Sagittarius. Would I have got a job? <laughs> no way. No, I don't think they like right. Sagittarius in there. Uh, <laughs> so it could have taken me two or three interviews and I might have got a job in a decent school rather than the one you ended up in. You might. I think at the time they were desperately short of English teachers. I know my, my uh, colleagues at this language school in Madrid, they knew as little or even less than, than I did. I, I remember one time... <laughs> I was sitting in the, in the sort of what's it called the communal area and a teacher came out of her class of sweating. She ran out of her class and she came up. She said, can I can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? What's an infinitive? <laughs> and uh, that's an English teacher. That was an English teacher who was teaching. There's a level of teaching. Oh, poor students now. Oh, dear. Bless them. Now we can understand why, why Spanish people don't always have the best level of English. Because of the likes of you, then really. Well, I think it's yeah, I think it's improved. I mean, I've been back, uh, went back to uh, Spain recently. I noticed, uh, I try to speak Spanish when I go there, but when people speak to me in English, I noticed that the uh, the level has has improved. So, so you probably just sowed the seeds, right? It was you that inspired the Spanish. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, no, that's that's interesting. It's a nice story. I I like that. Can I ask you also? I ask you a question because another thing that there's often forgotten when you're thinking back about these our first experiences but i remember in spain the pay was bad really bad i don't know how it's a function in spain you can you can kind of get by but did you have that how do you survive on well, i didn't know maybe you, got, you were well paid at the time but i had a very low low salary and it was very difficult well what about you well with my experience with kids camps you actually stayed with a family ah. and they used to give you bed and board so so they would give you your meals somewhere to sleep 
so you would actually get paid very well in a sense because you I think I think we got something like uh, 150 200 euros a week but because you didn't have any expenses during the week it actually right. worked out to be a lot of money you know so okay. it was basically I should have gone to Italy I should have kids <laughs> camp you should have done yes. the whole time, yeah no it was great though because you know you, you basically had enough money to buy a, a pizza and a gelato every night so, yeah needless to say at the end of the summer I put on five kilos so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yes it, it was it was a great experience in that sense and we never really felt that we didn't have enough money right. yeah they had a, a strange thing that if you took a holiday in the middle of the summer then they wouldn't give you as much money at the end which was a bit annoying but if you kind of worked for the whole summer there was a period of maybe one or two weeks when there wasn't any work at all because all the Italians are, are at the beach but they kind of put you up in in one of their places we ended up staying could either stay in their small apartment in Milan or we stayed in the south in Naples in this rather random village the the director of the south as they as they called him basically put us up and we experienced some yeah rather rather colorful locals let's say that there was definitely a vibe of let's say mafioso in a way but it was fun it was really fun and and the pizza pizza was a lot cheaper in the south as well so okay, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> that really helped it was very enjoyable very good time uh, okay I know it's going to get the the financial thing. You're you're lucky. I think in 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 Spain, uh, in order to make anything, you you had to get private private lessons. That's the way you, you got connections, and then you, you got private lessons. That might I don't know if that's the uh, the same now. I'm taught in Spain for a for a long time, well, but uh, might be the same in in many places. And so so you're in Italy. Where, where else have you where else have you taught? So uh, I I know you taught in Paris because we worked together for a while. But you can tell us yourself some of your experiences if you want. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I, I suppose other than Paris with your lovely self, I've, I've only really taught in, in England, actually, in, in London. So for the past probably about eight or nine years, I've, I've been teaching in London as uh, as Monty, the mighty Monty, yeah. and doing conversation clubs a lot of the time, which is a lot of fun. I, I've, I've done that probably, yeah, for the same period of time, seven or eight years. I like it better in London in some senses because you, you get the mix of nationalities. Whereas obviously if you're doing it in Paris, I imagine you, you generally just get French students. Is that right, well, Gideon? Well, yes and no. But Paris is a very uh, uh, international cosmopolitan city. So you do you get you get mostly French, but quite quite a few uh, uh, for, I say, for foreigners as well. Foreigners, is that the right term here? <laughs> non, Non-French people. Non, Non-French people, let's say that. Yes. Yeah. And what do you find, for, so for French speakers, for example, do you find there's a common mistake oh, yeah. that they, oh, that yeah. they all make? Oh, the yeah, all, all the time. All the time. What, the you same. mean coming, coming to your lessons, that's a common mistake? No. <laughs> Apart from, yes. No, but I mean, the, 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 the French, I guess every nationality has uh, the same mistakes. I, I can't think uh, what, what is it? The French, uh, you know, like eventually have a, a different meaning and actually has different meaning. Lots of false friends. I think especially with French and English, there are so many false friends. Oh, so, yeah. The, the, the false friends thing is interesting, well. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree with you on the false friends thing. Yeah. A lot of French speakers I've spoken to have definitely had issues with those kind of things. They often use a word that sounds too good in English. It's kind yeah. of all the high level yeah. words in English often come from French, don't they? 
yeah I guess. yes yeah, yes exactly and and it, most of the time it works that's an advantage too not only disadvantage it's an advantage but uh, it can lead to some mix up and actually, i'm discovering new friends all the time we'll have to do a podcast just on new friends i say new friends false friends some, i'm discovering false friends faux amis all the time i recently gadget i didn't realize that was a false friend because the french say gadget but it's really? like a really in english gadget can be cool that is a cool gadget but in, in french it's like yeah it's just a gadget it has like you know no use no functionality it's just something very negative so i discovered always discovering new false friends all the time so i'm uh, making yeah. mistakes in yeah th- things like that are interesting though aren't they because i don't know if you you know in in english we have ooh la la is like a some, some, <laughs> Something <laughs> exactly, but but that's something very kind of almost yeah. seductive and sexy in English language. But actually, if you speak yeah. to French people, it's it's like ooh la la. It's like oh no, that's terrible. So that, that that's yeah yeah that's yeah. that's an interesting a lot of stuff like that. Yes, mm-hmm. but I don't know why uh, we always the English when they use like French expressions in English, they're always different to the French what the how the French use it and vice versa. It, almost always when the French use a like an English expression in their language it's just changed in some way so mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm trying to think of an example like you know we say in english we say it's, it's this is not it's not the wild west thing like it's a you know, crazy lawless thing but in french they say it changes to far west not the, the far, far west, west. Oh my God. yeah the far why the far west <laughs> uh, well, well i don't know but how things always get changed between the languages that, that, yeah that, that, yeah that is a very interesting one i mean I'd, there were two things that i always used to find interesting in italy they I, th- I think they do this in france as well where they say they say i'm i'm going footing a foot <laughs> Yes. Which it, I guess in English that would be jogging, wouldn't it? Or running. Well, jogging, I suppose, really, isn't it? And, you know, quite often they say, are oh, they, yes, I'm, I'm going footing in are, your English class. And go on. Are they going footing in their baskets? <laughs> in their baskets? Basket, yes. In, in, in French, the baskets are, are like a, a trainers. Or like oh, OK. No, no, no. Basketball <laughs> shoes or something. No, it is footing in my baskets. <laughs> in Italy, they don't go footing in their baskets. They they do go footing though, and you know it's quite incredible the number of people that don't quite believe that footing is not an English word. I, I find that amazing. It's and not then a word. it's not a word, is it? No. And then the other thing I find highly amusing, and perhaps this is a bit X-rated, but they on shops like sexy shops, they say a sexy shop. A sexy shop. Yes. Just. Okay. I didn't know a and shop that, could be sexy. I think a well, person could be sexy. I didn't know a shop could be. Exactly. That's missed why out. <laughs> that's why I always find it amusing because it's you know I always think as what, if a, if a what is a sexy shop? Is that a sex shop? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. I I always see or, or picture in my mind a shop kind of posing in a sexy way, which which I find very bizarre. But but that's what they call them. That's uh, I do remember I was I was in China. And I, by the way, I wasn't going anywhere dodgy, but I, I did see that the sex shops there, they were called the Shop of Marital Harmony, Shops <laughs> of Marital Harmony, which is quite nice. <laughs> I'm just going to the Shop of Marital Harmony, if you're back soon, dear. And- are you are you supposed to go there with your wife? I mean, I was, yeah, good question. I don't know. Maybe a Chinese listener can can respond to that. Yeah, we're straying a little bit from the point. Cause we are. Uh, yeah. I'd, but what I was going to ask you actually, because we did a YouTube video, which I think you might have mentioned in your introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very first ones. Yeah. Yeah, the very first ones, which which yeah. we really loved doing. It, it was good fun. I'm 
I'm not really sure if the quality is very good and whether people would really learn too much, but they they were fun to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess that pushed you on to continue with that, right? Yes. Yeah. So so you have your own YouTube channel and you know, I mean when you're on it, do you feel kind of like a bit of a star? Because I think you've got a lot of followers, <laughs> haven't you? The, there, there, there are quite quite a few. And uh, no, I don't. I don't feel like no, but I, I'm. I should say yes. Doing the videos with you is what started started off, and I carried on and on, and very bad and not professional. But you you get better by doing and now it's it's great people are, are, are watching the videos and i hope they're learning something i mean that's why i'm doing it and you get a lot of good feedback usually usually good a few haters out there whenever you go to the world you crazy people but mostly good and it's really good to engage with people uh, from all over the world and uh, yeah I really, I really like that i hope we can do the same with the podcast as well and we can, we can reach people we can't on a, on a daily basis just to well, definitely. I mean, I, I feel a little bit intimidated because you are already a bit of a star, and I'm. <laughs> well, thank I'm, you, John. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to... for the call from Hollywood. So, <laughs> any moment now, I'm standing by the phone. If, if we weren't in lockdown, that would have already come. I'm but sure. yeah, yeah. For, for me, I'm I'm kind of trying to follow in your footsteps. I, I guess in some ways, you you are the star of screen and i'm 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 hoping some of your stardom rubs off on me you know on on this podcast and well uh, can can i can i say can i say uh, i did the first ever uh videos with you i've done like 100 i don't know 40 videos now and i've done the first my first ever podcast with you and yeah i feel very comfortable about doing that working working with you and i'm sure we we can do uh, many more together and uh, yeah, it'd be great. And you can you'll you'll take yours to to a, to a different level as well. Well, great. well, let let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've always fancied myself as a bit more of a a podcaster than than a okay. TV TV person or or screen okay. person. Okay. So you know, let let let's just hope that this isn't one or two rather not very good podcasts, and then I fade into it into obscurity, and then then you not go on to your start again. You know, because I'm sure that's not going to happen, though. I think I'm destined for stardom on a podcast. So <laughs> I think you are. And do you mind if I ask you another question? I know, I know, I'm I'm, ho- I'm hogging things because you. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So this might be an obvious answer, actually, but if there's somebody that you think of in particular, but have you ever had a difficult student? Oh God! Oh, a difficult student. Yeah, I think you'd be lying if you said you never had difficult students <laughs> or you and you and one thing I know from teaching is you can't no matter how good you are and anyone out there thinking of going to teach English let me tell you that I'm sure you're going to be great but you can't please everybody and there're always going to be people who don't like your style who don't like the cut of your jib if you know that expression just don't like you for no, no apparent reason and yeah i've had i've had people who just just haven't got on with occasionally yeah you get difficult people some people are very very nice but they never stop talking that's that can be as a problem you've got to handle that you go to people who just don't get it but it's it's rare but of course you, you you've got to you learn through experience of dealing with that situation uh, what about you it has happened yeah i mean not 
Yeah, not very often, let's be honest. I mean, I think most people who come to London are, are, as I said before, are very motivated. So you don't really get difficult people in the sense that they're not interested in what you're doing. I think most people are very engaged. I have had issues in the past, I suppose, with people, yeah, either not, you know, kind of not being very pleasant, but it, it's very rare. But I, th- I think a lot of those things are not necessarily about what you've done as an English teacher. I, I think sometimes it, it's just people's, you know, personalities and, and the way, you know, perhaps things are happening in the world around them. I think sometimes people just feel under pressure and, and you know, it comes out in, in a slightly negative way. And I don't think yeah. that they intend to do it. You know, and often you can win people around potentially or help them out with the experience they're having. In London, you do get people who get who get a bit stressed out about finding a job or, you know, kind of surviving because things can be quite expensive. But I think most people take that in their stride as as in yeah. if you take something in your stride, it means that you you're like, yes, I can do this. You know, I, I this is a challenge for me. And I think most people who have already taken the step of moving to London are capable or think they're capable of overcoming the problem. May, maybe not at the moment now. Well, now there's some additional <laughs> stress levels it, indeed trying trying well, to 25th of them. may 2020 is to be recorded so uh yes there's still a... yes we're, we're we're still just about in lockdown so yeah but yeah i'm i'm wondering one thing that i'm interested to know actually i i think london will be quite different af- after this is all over the uh, world will be different <laughs> well that, that, that that's very true but i <laughs> i imagine that you're going to get plenty of people in in paris that are still going to want to have lessons but i think i think in london it's it's going to be at least another 6 or 12 months before people come over again yeah, yeah. i'm hunkering down for um for online lessons i'm going to continue yeah yeah it's, it's a lessons. tough time if you're for, for, well not just for, for uh, english teachers but if you're if you're a freelancer anywhere it's 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 quite a tough time yeah mm, um, definitely definitely so basically this is our plea so we're, we're begging you to tell all your friends <laughs> about the podcast because yeah. otherwise we're not going to be able to afford to buy our oh, lock, lockdown piece. Are, we, are we paid for this podcast i wasn't aware of that a, <laughs> are you not sponsoring it you're, you're sponsoring it, aren't you have I got a sponsor? I haven't got a sponsor. I'm waiting for Google th- to call. But uh, <laughs> I thought maybe you'd get somebody like Matt Damon, one of your Hollywood friends, to uh, uh, to sponsor. Okay. Call Matt. I'll see. <laughs> number. Any other questions you have for me? Uh, I did yes. want to ask you. I did want to make before we wrap up. I did did want to ask you. English teaching a good call. Everyone out there thinking, yeah. Should I become an English teacher? Should I become a, a lion tamer or a, or a chartered accountant? What should I do? Weighing up the options. You say it's, it's a good it's a good move? Yes, I would. Yes. I think the most interesting thing about being an English teacher is, is really meeting people. If you're a people person, it, I think it's fantastic because okay. especially... I'm not a people person. A what? Sorry? I'm not a people person. So, no. <laughs> Get it. I'm just... <laughs> You shouldn't be doing it then. You should become a a chartered accountant in that case. (laughs) But yeah, if you're a beautiful person and you love helping people, I suppose, as well, is is another thing. I really enjoy helping people. So in, in London, what I enjoy is trying to help people 
find a job or kind of progress in, in their career. I find that really satisfying. I think that's great. And mm-hmm. the fact that you have lots of different nationalities, you kind of get to know a lot how how nationalities do kind of approach the English language, but also as well, how maybe they approach things in a cultural way, because you get some people that maybe lack confidence. And that's not just from English. It, it's maybe the environment that they've grown up in. Yeah. So I, I like to encourage people. I like to, um, you know, give them belief in themselves, which yeah. which I think is always justified. I mean, I think most people that come to London, I don't know what you find with with French people speaking English in, in Paris, but people are very motivated. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I totally agree with you on, on, on the point you said about uh, confidence, because I, I think, so it's, it's the same in, in, in France and other, uh, other places, that uh, a lot of what we do is, is not about English teaching. It is about English teaching, but some people, they just lack the confidence and giving that, giving them a little push and you know taking them in the right direction and then also you know helping them with their their english level uh, together yeah that makes a difference and you, you can you can feel feel them speaking with more uh, confidence and at a high level it gives you you know it's it's, it's really uh, uh, pleasing it, it is pleasing isn't it i just wanted to say that uh just to remind people before before we finish that john john of uh, monty english yeah you can find out more from do you have a website you want to promote at this moment i do indeed yes montyenglish.co.uk that's my website what what about you do you want to plug yourself as well well you can you can see the lovely videos on let them talk tv on youtube we try to have a new video every week or two whenever i get around to it you could if you're in paris you can see the star Gideon himself in all his glory, and that, we're gonna we're gonna try and do these podcasts quite quite regularly. We're gonna we're gonna tackle things like English today. It's our first one, so I thought we'd just talk about our uh, our English language experiences as, t- as teachers. But we're gonna focus on grammar and other issues of the English language. I think John's doing his own podcast without me. I'll do a few without him, but we'll we'll work together in the future yeah. too. I'm sure. Well. I think the idea is is that we do a few few together and a few separately that's, that's okay. it isn't it really okay maybe it's time to sign off yeah let's sign off so i hope you've enjoyed it let's stay tuned for more <laughs>